0: Hello, and welcome to episode 74 of Man Vs. Business. My name is Les James, and I am here with my co-host, Sean McManaman. In this week's podcast, we are discussing the topic of change management, being a marathon, and not a sprint. So with that, let's go ahead and start the show. Sean, how's it going? Good, Les. How are you? I am doing fine. Our, our, I think I think we got uh, California weather uh, this week. Oh, really? Or or maybe even uh, Seattle weather because it's uh, drizzling. Oh
1: wow, yeah, drizzling <laughs> in the summer in Texas and Dallas—that's kind
0: of odd. Uh, very very odd. It's nice actually, but it's it's very odd. So uh, how are things out in California?
1: Yeah, it's warm out here. Warm out huh. here, which which is okay. In Northern California, it's 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 kind of odd to be this warm at this time of year. Yeah. Um, so we've switched. Yeah, we we kind of have switched. Although I don't mind. I don't. I don't mind. But I, I like. I like it. I I did a bike ride last night, and it was probably six o'clock climbing up Mount Diablo, and it was still ninety four degrees going up the mountain. So it was, it was pretty darn hot.
0: Yeah, that'll suck it out of you.
1: Yeah, and the thing that I'm realizing is uh, there's very little humidity out here. So when you're uh-huh. up and puffing, man, your throat gets really dry fast. Oh wow! So so there you go. There's a, there's a tip for everyone. Yeah, stay hydrated. <laughs>
0: Stay hydrated in any sort of exercise. Exactly. So um,
1: what are we going to talk about today? You know, I I talk about exercise. One of the things that that came to mind last weekend, I was hiking up a different hill, and um, the idea of change management being a marathon and not a sprint. Okay, so what do you mean by that? Well, what what really drove me to think of that topic was, when you are in charge of some area of change management in an organization, and you've got your thoughts, you know how, you know what the end game is supposed to look like. Bringing along your group, however many people that is, to that end game is a step-by-step process. It's not they they, they don't envision the end game the way you envision the end game. So you have to realize that if if uh, when you institute some policy procedure. Process, and you bring you bring people along into that process. They don't know that it fits into the grander scheme of of whatever change management you're trying to, to drive. So you have to be one. You have to be patient, but two, you have to be methodical about about how you you uh, introduce concepts and and what steps or or what um, in what order do you. Introduce these concepts so that you can walk people along through the change management process and not just fire at them, hey, I want to be here and I want to be here and I want to be here in these three different areas and give them, give them like highlights of how to get to those areas. So you, you really, you really have to lead change in a slow, methodical process. One of the, and maybe I'm rambling here because this is something that I've experienced quite a bit. One of the things that, that I've realized is that when I do research and, and, and I talk to people and I find a, a way to go about making a change, okay, I'm all excited and I know it, right? So if you go, whether it's to your boss or to somebody subordinate to you and you try to explain it to them in a paragraph and whatever, 15 minutes, a half hour or an hour, they're not going to get it the way you got it the way it, because you, you understood how you want it a process to end up. So that's what I'm saying. Don't, don't try to overlay a new process onto people without, without really nurturing them into that process. And it sounds all, you know, fluffy and everything, but, but the thing is, if you try to me, to me, you kind of have to spread it with a wide paintbrush and not just throw a dart at something.
0: So I, I really like this topic because I think this is one area where we as leaders really have done a disservice and we fall down. And, and that is the fact that we're always in a hurry to get to the end game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're always rushing because we're under some sort of pressure, whether it be some sort of um, uh, team leadership pressure whether we're a, a publicly traded company and we've got to get it done quickly because, of, because of auditors, um, you know, or, or just because of, you know, revenue stream or things like that. It's just, it's one of those areas that I truly think that, uh, uh, leadership has bred into the environment of hurry up and get, get up to speed or get to where you need to be and, you know, take it in, which I think, um, uh, gives to spirit of bypassing things and doing it appropriately and doing it with the pace at which people can
1: absorb it, so to speak. Right, right. I think one of the reasons we do that is we know what benefits we can reap once this process is changed, or we have an idea of what the benefits Totally are. agree, like, totally agree. So if I back that into the quality process, everything in between now and then that doesn't stay with the future process is waste, and you want to get rid of waste. Right. So right. It, it all, it all ties together.
0: Yeah. I think that, um, I think though, as long as leadership learns how to, well, what what do they always say? Understand your audience, right? Yes. Understand where your audience is at, understand what their capabilities are, understand where you need to be, and then figure out how to break it down. That makes sense and makes it uh, affordable within your environment. Um, you know, I've I've been in places, I've been in departments, and I've been I've worked with people that some can literally do uh, a Kaizen event for a whole week and be able to take on that kind of change activity. I've worked with others that can only handle a day's worth of activity, and I've heard, I've worked with others that can only handle an hour or mm-hmm. two before they really need to stop and move on. Yeah. So that's part of understanding your audience. Now, of course, the speed at which you are able to make change happen is going to be affected by all of those decisions, but rushing it doesn't help. If you've got an audience that can only afford one or two hours, rushing it doesn't, doesn't solve your problem. It actually probably makes it worse.
1: Right. Right. And, and, and doing it part time. I, I, I don't know, maybe the way I heard you there, you know, if you only have two hours to explain something to them, you know, just, you know, don't rush and take two hours, but I guess in the grander scheme of, of change management, which is the the new life you're going to live in the organization, you know, pull it together, pull it together so that it's it's organic from the beginning of the day, you know? And if, if you need to train somebody on, you know, the beginning of the day, you know, nobody looks at emails for the first two hours and you follow up on, you know, whatever whatever ended up as open items from yesterday, you do that before you look at today's emails or, you know, whatever it is. I'm not saying that that's sure. what you should do, but, sure. but whatever it is, you know, just explain explain the first the first step and then carry on step by step.
0: But see, that's your point though is, is the point is you're trying to understand what your audience can handle yeah. and what they can take in. You know, we're going through a scenario right now where we're integrating two teams into one. So, we're trying to make sure that movement keeps happening and what we've, we've made a declaration that on Wednesdays and Friday afternoons, if they've got project uh, improvement activities that need to be worked on that support the integration plan, then they should set work aside and work on those items. Yeah. If they've got something that is extremely hot or it's the end of the month or something, come talk to us first and let's see if we can work something out But we still want you to at least try and put some time towards that because it's it's the mentality of always trying to make sure you're moving forward with the business, not with just the work within the business, but the work on the business is moving forward too because we've both seen scenarios where when the work on the business gets forgotten or left behind you know, it, it it turns into a mess. And then one day you kind of stand up and look around and go, man, why are we so broken? Why are we got so many problems? Why is this place such a mess? Why does nobody know how to do anything? Why does nobody know how to get trained? Why does nobody, you know, on and on and on. You take
1: the words right out of my mouth. If you, if, if you've ever been in an organization and the question gets asked, how did we get here and why do we do it this way? Then, then you know, the organization was allowed to run, and meander on its own without any kind of guidance from a structural uh, process driven by one of the leaders in the organization or multiple leaders whatever. But,
0: but uh, right, and and you'd hope that you know all the leaders are on the same page. You know, I, I often uh, think of leaders as being you know parents. You know, they have their discussion behind closed doors and they work things out. But when they come out of those doors, they're arm in arm and they're carrying a consistent message. If that can happen within your organization, that is a great start. But employees are like horses, you know, mm-hmm. they can smell it <laughs> if mom and dad are not getting along. And then what happens? All that change management effort starts to fall by the wayside because they know mom and dad are,
1: you know, at each other's throats and they're about to get a divorce. Well, yeah, or you can ask one one thing and get a different answer from the other. And when that's where huh that's where exactly you, right you know the leader of those leaders has to be engaged you know to to a much lesser extent so if if we have a flat organization and say the ceo is is understanding and on board with whatever change management that's taking place you have to you have to make sure that that, that ceo has their their finger on the pulse of the progress um, one of the things that you said earlier was you know, Wednesdays and Fridays whatever Try to get some process improvement done. Well, I, I always go back to Yoda, being the, the geek that I am, and, and now I'm going, to forget <laughs> the, I'm going to forget the quote. You know, the verbatim. Uh, try you may, but will you do? I think is, is what he says. To <laughs> you're close. Skywalker, something like that. <laughs> yeah, no, you're close. I'm not but... fond of the word. I'm not fond of the word try <laughs> right. as, as a as an accountable action item. You know, yeah. What what will you do? Get it done. Set aside the other the other. It's a matter of time management. You know, it's a matter of right. And and leadership imparting how important each bit of their time is, and and what the outcome of each bit of those time chunks needs to be.
0: Now, in our particular case, when that integration plan starts to come together and gets closer to being finished, we'll reel that initiative back of Wednesdays and Fridays um in that we know that people have got, so to speak, day jobs. That's the thing that always comes up. Well, how am I going to get my day job done? Well, that's why we're telling you that literally work can stop for two or three hours and this will go on. And we know that. And so therefore we'll make sure we schedule work appropriately because we've got a plan in place. You know, we're, we understand that we're in the middle of this integration process, and we understand that's part of the pie right now. That pie will, will again change whenever, you know, this particular project comes to fruition. Um, but uh, uh, right now, to make sure we keep it going and make sure that it doesn't, you know, last for, you know, six months to nine months, you know, we're, we're putting this in place to make sure it keeps going. So, you know, I think the other part of this is, you know, there's another saying that kind of goes along with what, how you titled this of, you know, change management being a sprint, you know, quality has the, you know, quality being a, uh, uh a journey, not a destination. Mm-hmm. In other words, it's something that really never quite ends. You, 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 there's never really a, a finish line that you're shooting for with any sort of change management, with any sort of, uh, um, uh, activity that you're, you know, going through as far as a process improvement or a Kaizen event or any of those kinds of things, those uh, there's always something. And, you know, there's a a famous quality person. I think it's Ishikawa that made the statement of, you know, if you don't see opportunity, you're not looking hard yeah, enough. Right. And, I, and I'm telling you, that's, that's probably 99.999% true. You know, that there may be some places that are pretty darn good, but they are few and far between. And I've never really been in
1: one, you know, yeah, so. no, it's like that, uh, the unicorn, that striped unicorn. It's, it's, yeah. it's supposedly out there, but I've never, <laughs> I've never seen someplace perfect either.
0: Yeah, it is, you know, so there is, there's always something to, to focus on. If you're standing around saying, well, what are we, what can we do? Or what are we going to work on? Or what change can we affect? Well, again, that's another signal. Or another flag within your culture that you don't quite have, uh, lean, uh, engaged. You know, yeah. y- your employees aren't quite understanding the opportunity of, of what lean can do for you with all its tools. If they're just kind of standing around saying. Well, I can't think of anything to focus on, or I can't think of anything to make
1: better. Well, you know, so one of, yeah. I guess one of the things that I would want to bring up there, you know, visualizing this in, in our title again, that it's a marathon. So if you do get to the end of the marathon, you, you, you finish, you finish a marathon, but then you, you train for something else, right? You train mm-hmm. another marathon, maybe, maybe you switch sports and go triathlon. So, so. I don't want people to think that it's something that's never ending because a pro- well, like we've always said a project has, has a beginning and an end and you, sure want people, you want people to be able to show gain and benefit and accomplishment and so you have to, you have to have those gates, those uh, points where you're going to say yes thank you we finished this part of it and we're going to carry on now to the next part And you know they, they can be segmented in different size bundles as well.
0: Yeah. I, I kind of think of them as two converging lines or, uh, you know, the, I don't know where I heard this analogy from, you know, if a, it's kind of a funny analogy, but you know, when a baseball pitcher pitches a ball to the catcher and you know, the ball goes half the distance, then half the distance, then half the distance, does the ball ever reach the catcher? No, of course not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, it, but I, I kind of, I think the two converging lines kind of describes it a little bit better in that depending on where you're at in your, in your journey, you know, if your organization is, is very much at the beginning, those two lines are very far apart. But as you take on projects, as you take on, uh, Kaizen events, as you take on uh, lean improvement activities or, you know, small daily, uh, achievements or improvements, those lines are slowly coming closer and closer together at some point they're so close together it does start to look like you have an environment that looks pretty darn good but it's because of the years and years of effort of pulling those lines together and i truly do mean years and years and years this is not anything that you can do you know overnight and it's definitely not a light switch you know, where you just flip it on, and all of a
1: sudden everybody's good, good to go. But <laughs> right. and and you know the reason, and one of the things we should acknowledge the reason that it does take so long is because there's so many different processes in an organization, yeah. even a small organization. Everything between sales and engineering, or or whatever the whatever the production of the good is that you've got, yeah. and then of course you've got AP and AR and collections and pay, you know uh, delivery, and so you have you have everything. Which I still go back to my. Concept that it's all tied together, and what what one person does at one end of this matrix that's put together, if they pull the string on their end, something on the other end moves. You know, so 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 it has to be tied together, and in that way, it has to be slow and and explained well. Any kind of grand change, so that when the string does get pulled on one side, you understand what's going to move on the opposite end of the spectrum.
0: Well, and to even add a little bit more complexity to that is the fact that when you do look at all these different processes, you have a lot of forces that affect that process. You can have, you know, internal forces such as employees and policies and requirements. You can have external forces such as customers and suppliers and regulatory requirements. You know, you've got a lot of different things that affect Your ability to create a best practice Mm -hmm. and, you know, every organization is going to be different. You may be able to look at one organization to see how they do it and another to see how they do it. And the way you do it might need to be different. You know, there's not even, when you even look at it that way, there's not even necessarily one good way that everybody should, could follow because it's just not that, it's just not that simple. Right. And Um, and I like
1: it that way because, because you have your own, product that you're selling to the customer, you have your own people that are different from the people in the other organization. And, you know, one of the areas to look at is, hey, how do you make your people better than the other people so that the process works better and the product is better for the market?
0: Right. And, you know, if you think of this as a game, which at the end of the day, it does have the, the concepts and activities as a game, it makes you unique. Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you're able to come up with a better mousetrap than somebody else as far as a process goes, you've just added a little bit of value in the uh out in the environment mm-hmm. to a customer, you know. So uh you think of it that way as to when you're taking on these types of improvements, at the end of the day, you're trying to add value to the customer, whether it be with you know, increased cycle time, better quality, lower price. Um, you know, better options, uh, quicker customizations. Mm-hmm. Whatever your uh, value add or win-win situation is, that's what you're trying to to distinguish yourself as in in the environment is is and how you stand yourself apart. So, digging into these processes is very important, and so that's why you know. Change management is so important, and quite honestly, that's why it's so important to have a good set of change agents, you know, people in your environment that know how to make change uh, and can can drive change effectively throughout your organization, because I think that's the other piece of this pie is, you know, uh, not only the realization of taking on change activities, but how and who are going to be the people that take on those change activities.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and you said be effective and, and I agree that's that's one of the things that you have to understand who's who is going to be a change agent under leadership's direction and who are the change agents that take it upon themselves to make change. And so yes. so you know that's that's the counterculture, I guess you could call you know the counterculture in an organization where you do have pop-up leaders that that think things should be done a certain way and my response to you know that kind of situation is to talk to that that person or that, that, that group and understand what direction they're trying to head and bring them back into the fold because you don't want these splinter groups in your organization if it's big enough to have splinter groups you don't want you don't want you don't want splinter groups going off and doing something different because then those converging lines that you talked about will all of a sudden start to diverge.
0: Yes, they'll start going the other they'll start moving
1: apart. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. and we keep going back to it. It's very people oriented and it's a matter of of informing and managing the people so that they are willful in the efforts to get that change that upper management wants to see happen.
0: You know, and if I could add something else to the end of this, and that is the fact that I think that this change management activity should be in place no matter what size organization you have. From a one person, two person size organization to a hundred thousand person organization. And the reason I say that is because I go into so many smaller mom and paw organizations that, you know, have flown by the seat of their pants and you walk in there and you ask the, you know, if you're reviewing their quality system, first question is, I'm not, I don't even have a quality system. Mm -hmm. You know, you talk to them about how do they manage their, their workflow? How do they manage their order acceptance? How do they do all these things? Oh, we do it by memory. You know, nothing's really written down. Well, how do you train new people coming in? Oh, we just kind of do that on the fly when they come in. It really doesn't matter what size you are. There really needs to be an investment in some key things just to be a good, solid organization. And the reason I bring this up is because a lot of businesses, as work flows down, uh, and it usually flows down from a larger organization down to a little bit smaller organization then possibly a smaller organization after that, as work flows down, these large organizations are pushing requirements down, mm-hmm. and it's getting very, very hard to find people that you can do work with if they don't fall within some sort of at least minimal level quality system. Even if they're a small four-person, five-person shop that does one specific thing, if they don't have, you know, a solid uh, quality system or or change management system in place, you know they're going to be potentially in the future missing out on more and more work as companies basically lay down mandates. Because I'm seeing it more and more, you know, companies laying down mandates saying you will pass down these requirements and not work with you know somebody that doesn't have this,
1: that, or the other. So, right, which you know you know you can think, and people listening might think, oh, that's that company's fault, and they're, they're going to miss out on the work. Well, the, the bigger problem that I see is. the the company that's pushing down those mandates won't have suppliers to fill their need.
0: Exactly right. There's going to be a dual
1: edged sword to this problem. Yeah. There
0: most assuredly is. And so I kind of am using this podcast to say, you know, both ends of the spectrum need to work this process through, you know, don't as a large company, don't just make bold blanket statements or at some point you're basically going to run out of suppliers in the current state. And then the flip side is, is that, you know, smaller organizations do need to take the time to think about what would make sense as a minimum, uh, change management and quality system. You know, what, what would be good enough for us, right. You know, mm-hmm. a basic, you know, a basic training pr- program, a good onboarding program and a good, you know, s- solid, you know, order fulfillment program. Right. It doesn't have documented and, it doesn't. It does not happen overnight. So the, hence our, our original point to this um, mm-hmm. podcast, which the fact is that you've got to get started, but realize it's going to take some time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what else do we want to touch on on this one?
1: Let's Anything else? Marathon, sprint. Um, yeah, you know, one of the biggest, I guess my, my biggest thing, and I'll just reiterate it one other time, is that when you've got uh-huh. a good idea... You've got a good idea. it's very you have to think through how you how you share that idea with other people to get them oh yes. along with you. You got, you got to think through you can't just blurt something out and expect people expect people to jump on board right away because their mindset is in a different spot most likely. And one thing that, that I have found and because and, I've done it before, I'd say this would this be a, a fault of mine. you got a great idea, hey, this is what we need to do and, and here is uh, you know what I expect out of, out of the outcome. And they don't get on board with you, but what what might happen is then they're going to be somewhat resistant. Resistant, I guess I should say. Okay, explain to me what you're talking about, and then and then. So once you go back then and start trying to explain, they might have already formed an opinion that that oh, well, that's going to be harder. It's not going to work. We don't have enough people. Things like that. So so I think it'll be a it's a harder sell if you if you kind of blurt out what you want as the goal and then have to backtrack through the process. Yeah. and I think that, I think, uh,
0: clarifying your vision and then breaking down your vision so that it's a little bit more manageable yeah. might help. And then also after you've explained it, asking for their input back right there, you know, so what do you think about this part of it or that part of it? I think engaging them in some way will kind of help, uh, help with a little bit of the buy-in, help them understand, you know, what they need to do. Also at the end of it saying, and if, you know, if you have any questions, you know, please let's sit down and talk about it. You know, I, I definitely want to follow up at this certain time and that certain time. So that kind of goes back to the whole accountability structure, right. but you know, change accountability is part of the change management process. Yeah.
1: You have so, to, yeah, you have to. Yeah. yeah. No doubt yep so that's about the summary that I that I would think on this topic You all that I had
0: well Sean, that was a good one i uh, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, talking about that one and I think uh, I think anybody listening to this you know hopefully will understand why you know we feel that you know change management, whether it's wrapped around quality or or uh, just change in general throughout your organization is important. But should be paced mm-hmm. appropriately for your organization, right? You know, I think that was our—I think that was our main point with this with this particular topic. Uh, well, we'll go ahead and uh, end it right here. And uh, I hope everybody out there has enjoyed uh, this version of uh, Man vs. Business. And we will be back to chat with everybody next week. Sean, you take care, buddy. Me too, Les. Bye now. Yep. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of man vs. business please note that neither sean nor myself are business consultants we just have a strong passion for discussing all things business please remember to visit sigmatree.co to see our other podcasts our business ventures and our blog and by the way you can also drop us a line from the message page again thank you and have a good week